Welcome everyone to Dead Talk Live. I'm your host Viz from Walking Dead Now. Hope all of you are enjoying your Wednesday evening. If you are viewing us for the first time and want more information about our show, please visit us on the web at deadtalklive.com. And as always, if you haven't already done so, please visit our YouTube channel, which is called Walking Dead Now, and go ahead and subscribe if you have not already done so. If you're there on YouTube right now, please go ahead and hit the thumbs up button on this broadcast. It would be greatly appreciated. want to welcome some of our viewers here tonight, Saz. And the whole team is going to be moderating the chats tonight. I'll be, of course, talking to you guys live on the air. We got Singer Chick with us, Khaleesi, CC Weezy is with us on YouTube. Let's see, uh, you guys are all welcoming each other. Skippy TV is joining us. Lindsay Sparks has just joined us on Facebook. Welcome, Lindsay. We got Stevie with us on Facebook. Oh, sorry, Instagram. Nestelle is with us on Instagram as well. Udani's is waving at us. CNA is with us. Welcome to all you guys on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Did I say all of them? Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Four. Got all four. Good. We're good to go. <laughs> anyway, got to make sure I count. Um, so let's just go ahead and get started on the news today. Uh, we are going to be talking about Rishon. And of course, when we talk about Rishon, we are going to be getting a phone call from our regular and our team member, Summer. So be prepared, okay? Summer is going to be calling us after we get through our news announcements. <laughs> uh, and everybody's on alert. We are talking about Rishon, and, uh, you know, when we all got together and came up with the notes for tonight's show, we all had Summer in mind, but, you know... I'm not afraid of summer, you know, I'm a good, what, four or five hundred miles away from her, you know, so I'm pretty safe, and I will always keep it real, guys, there are both sides uh, to every story, so I'm going to list the pros to, Mich to Rishon, and I'm going to list some of the cons to Rishon as well, even though according to summer, there are no cons, but... We all know in the real world, that is just not the case. So, anyway, let's get started. Norman Reedus feels bittersweet about The Walking Dead. Norman Reedus says he feels bittersweet about the post-apocalyptic drama, The Walking Dead, coming to an end. The long-running zombie series is set to conclude in 2022 at its end of its 11th season. Reedus, who plays Daryl Dixon, is set to be featured in a new spin-off series along with Melissa McBride, Carol. He goes on to say, Part of me is ready for a spin-off and ready for the excitement of what that will be. And then another part of me is sort of in denial, he said. I have been doing this for a while and it has become such a huge part of my life. So it doesn't really seem real. He added uh, he is going to miss the monsters. Once the program has ended, it has become such a big part of my life. This show and Daryl has become a huge part of my life. Rita said, I will definitely miss the Walking Dead universe. Uh, Rita, who is 51, said he initially thought he would be in the program for an episode or two. And I was excited to just do that. I just wanted to be a part of it. I thought it would be fun, he added. The Walking Dead spinoff series will star Reedus and Melissa McBride, who plays Carol. Reedus said he is curious to find out what the similarities will be and what the differences will be from the Walking Dead show that he is on now, as opposed to the new spinoff that is uh, yet to come. He added, I know there will be a lot of differences, and I know the themes of the two shows are completely different, but the elements are kind of still there. I imagine I will see a zombie or two in the future. <laughs> so there you guys have it. Uh, you know, Norman Reedus is in denial of a show that he originally thought he was only going to be on for one or two episodes. And 10 years later, he is still going strong, and he is going to make it to the end of uh, The Walking Dead and beyond. He 
he and uh, Melissa McBride, who played Carol, are going to go on to do their own show. And there's going to be lots of walkers, lots of zombies in it. What's going to happen to them? Are they going to leave Alexandria? Are they going to leave Northern Virginia together? Are they going to go to some other location? Are they going to stay in the same location? Who knows? Uh, but it, they're going to be the two main characters. I've said this before. We are also going to get a lot, of, a lot of other characters crossing over from the Walking Dead universe, some of which we have not even met yet that are going to be crossing over into this spinoff and other spinoffs because we're also getting the uh, anthology uh, series as well. So moving on, Walking Dead's Laura Cohen hints there are stories to explore. The Walking Dead star Lauren Cohen has hinted that her character Maggie Ree could be featured in, a, in the spin-off series. There's a lot that can be explored, she teased. The Walking Dead fans have waited patiently for season 10 to end. And finally, it will screen this Sunday in, on AMC in the United States and on Fox in the United Kingdom and elsewhere. The finale, which is called A Certain Doom, is an epic clash between our protagonists and Beta and the Whisperers. Showrunner Angela Kang told TV Line, over the course of the season, these groups have been engaged in kind of a cold war, and now it's exploded into this full-on fight, possible mutual destruction. There's a lot of scope to it, lots of story threads going on, with our various heroes, it's big and fun. Uh, Kang went on to tease it's going to be a David and Goliath battle between the diminished survivors and Beta and his horde. What we wanted to show was how massive a disadvantage they're at, Kang said. This is a horde bigger than they've ever encountered. And this is after Carol was able to take some out at the caves. Fortunately, they, uh, they have a secret weapon the return of Cohen's Maggie after a six-year hiatus from the series. Maggie has an important role to play, says Angela. She's going to learn some information on what's going on. And Maggie being Maggie, she's like, oh shit, my friends are in trouble. Also, Maggie's got her own story she's been living in. So that's something we'll explore later on down the line. But there's sort of an immediate thing at hand that she has to deal with. And that being her friends are in trouble. And I'm sure she's going to be the one that is sending the reinforcements in to help. Lee is giving us a smiley love face on Instagram. Welcome, Lee. Gracie has joined us and is waving at us. Gaston is also with us. Uh, Sinclair is also with us. Jolito. Uh, Mary Lag07 has just joined us. Welcome to all you guys. Um, Misty Lowry is with us on Facebook. Uh, let's see. Uh, just trying to not interrupt you guys' conversation. Uh, Misty writes, thank you. When do I need to start looking out for it? You're talking about new episodes. The finale is happening this uh, Sunday. And in fact, for those of us that have AMC Premiere, we are going to be able to see the finale in less than 24 hours. Wow. I can't believe the time is already here. For you guys out there in the U.S. that have AMC Plus, uh, AMC Premiere, now called AMC Plus, the finale is going to be available in less than 24 hours if you live on the East Coast. Uh, so... The Walking Dead World Beyond's Nico Tortorella compares experience to quote-unquote younger. Prior to playing Felix Carlucci on The Walking Dead World Beyond, actor Nico Tortorella appeared in a vari variety of shows and movies. Two of the most prominent appearances in their filmography are the following... Season 1 and TV Land's Younger. In the latter comedy drama series, uh, Tortorella plays a tattoo artist named Josh. 
uh, during a set visit uh, for World Beyond, attended by CBR, Tortorella compared their experience working on Younger to that of the upcoming AMC show. I was on the following before Younger, Tortorella explains, which I feel like is much more of this world than Younger. So I'm kind of like uh, playing ping pong back and forth. It's nice. The the ah, sorry, the drama of this show is challenging in a way that the Younger could never provide. I mean, Josh is a great role. And the show is so easy and fun and lighthearted and really a job to be a part of. But I'm not showing up to work being challenged as an actor, you know. And I am here every day, emotionally, physically. This is the hardest thing I've ever done. I've worked more on this than any other job I've been on. And there's an emotional demand that is in an act that's which is an actor's dream. And we hear this from Walking Dead actors, you know, whether their time on the show is just a few episodes or if it's over the several seasons. They all seem to say that being on The Walking Dead is by far the most challenging job uh, they have had as an actor. It's very demanding. They work in very harsh conditions especially those on the original The Walking Dead, which they filmed down in Georgia during the very hot summer months. The elements, uh, the walkers, the effects, the set, it's, it's huge. It's huge. And it, it's, it takes a big toll on the actors themselves. All right, next on the list, we have what The Walking Dead Daryl and Carol spinoff will be about. Boy, I mean, they're really turning this Daryl and Carol spinoff story in every which possible way they can. I mean, I don't think there's an angle that has not been covered yet. Uh, personally, I'm like, okay, we're getting the Daryl and Carol spinoff in two years. It's still two years away. I mean, yeah, let's analyze it. The news came out now, you know, well over, what, it's been almost two weeks now. We know we're getting it. That's great. We still have two years left of The Walking Dead. We still have fear. We still have the world beyond. But everybody wants to analyze this Daryl and Carol show. There's a whole element, a whole community we have not even met yet in The Walking Dead. And that's the Commonwealth. Uh, so they're writing all these articles, trying to cover every possible angle to this new Daryl and Carol spinoff. When in reality, we haven't seen the last two years of this show. A lot can change. we It's already been said earlier this year that Daryl and Carol's relationship in this upcoming season 11 is going to get strained even further. Okay? Uh, this was several months ago that this was, uh, that, that information was said by, I believe it was Angela Kang. Their relationship is going to get strained even further than it already is in this upcoming season 11 next year. So who knows in what place and where their relationship is going to be come their spinoff series. All we know is that they're getting a spinoff, which is great. I love it. For me, it's a continuation of The Walking Dead after the original title ends. But anyway... Let's see what kind of angle they have on this one. Although AMC's flagship zombie drama is in its endgame now, still two years away, it hardly feels like a true ending for the Walking Dead universe. They make it sound like the show's ending next month. Anyway, after the 11th and final season of the series will make way for a few other zombie projects to rise from the dead. One of these new projects is a spin-off starring Daryl and Carol, two of The Walking Dead's most beloved characters and the only two survivors left from the show's very first season. The untitled spin-off will once again be helmed by current Walking Dead showrunner Angela Kang, which suggests that this new show 
will be a true continuation of the story first begun in 2010. Unsurprisingly, fans are dying to know what this new spin-off will be about and how it will be different from what's come before. While it's still too early to tell what adventures await Daryl and Carol, the expanded 24-episode season 11 is expected to run through late 2022. Redis was able to share a few tiny details about the new spinoff when we talked to him ahead of the season 10 finale, which is set to air, as we all know, this coming Sunday. Um, he goes on to say, I'm curious what the similarities will be, what the differences will be. We just read this. Uh, let's move on. But what exactly will Daryl and Carol actually get up to? Surely there's a reason for their story continuing beyond the bigger show. Well, to hear how Redis describes it, uh, it sounds like the zombie-killing duo might be going on a road trip beyond Alexandria. <clears throat> and we just read in the prior article that Redis has no idea what they're going to do with the show. So you see how they're putting in words where words were never said. Uh, it's different type of show. It's about the two of us going to see who's left in the world. Rita says, teasing that the show will see Daryl and Carol encounter new groups and characters as they travel from place to place. The actor also says that the spinoff will have a revolving group of people involved, which could indicate the story will focus more heavily on standalone, quote-unquote, Monster of the Week episodes, a format the heavily serialized franchise has mostly stayed away from. It's an opportunity for us to get really good actors, really good writers, who don't have to sign a seven-year contract. They come in for an episode or two. I think for a lot of actors, that's an exciting possibility, exciting circumstance. I'm curious to have a revolving group of people. Interestingly, Redis points to two westerns from the 1970s as hints as to what AMC is doing with the new show. I was a big fan of the TV shows when I was a kid, like Kung Fu or Billy Jack, where you have a character who's roaming the earth and he gets into new situations, but when they leave, they change the tone of the environment by just being themselves, being themselves passing through, says Redis. He is so excited about the new project that he's even pitched the song over, quote, and quote unquote, over and over again, that he hopes will be the theme song for the new spinoff. Sorry, the new spinoff. And then he goes on to say, hopefully they'll use it. Uh, yes, that's the, the the theme song business. Sure sounds interesting, but we are really all. But what we all really want to know is if uh, Dog will be joining Daryl and Carol in the new spinoff. While Redis didn't share any spinoff details about his very good boy, he did confirm that he is a, as fond of the Walking Dead character as the rest of us are. He says, I love dog. I've been asking for a dog since season two, and to finally get a dog is great, but that dog in particular just loves me. When I see dog, he runs up, gets on his hind legs and gives me a hug. That's how much he loves me. That's nice. He doesn't uh, do that to anybody, Rita says. I want to work with the dog as much as possible. I think that the dog will have his own spinoff show. I want a dog action figure, he goes on to say. So, hey, you know, we got some new information there. Norman Reedus and Dog, who plays Dog, have a great relationship. And that's awesome. And we all love Dog, you know? How can we not love Dog? And, you know, Dog's relationship to Daryl. Besides uh, Carol and, you know, Rick, before he left, Dog is uh, probably the next uh, closest thing to a good friend he has right now, especially with him being at odds with Carol and her actions for the past season. So, there you guys have it. 
Uh, Playboy is giving us a thumbs up. Allender is giving us a thumbs up. Murakanda saying what's up on Instagram. Jaden is with us on Instagram saying hello. Lucian wants me to say hello to Brazil. Hello, Brazil. Welcome. We have Brazil in the house. We have a lot of viewers from Brazil. Welcome to all of you. Uh, let's see what else is going on. Uh, Guillermo writes, I love Negan. Fibo says, haha, rest in peace, Merle. You guys been talking about Merle? Um, Zul is with us on YouTube. Um, let's see. Stone Walkers says, yep, I need more dog scenes. Vanessa Perry says, yep, gotta keep dog. We all agree. We all saw what they did to Shiva, the poor tiger. Shiva was a CGI. Dog is real. So hopefully, you know, nothing happens to dog. Like Shiva went out saving Ezekiel, uh, giving them enough time to cross the creek uh, filled with the dead. Shiva sacrificed herself for, you know, King Ezekiel. Hopefully dog will not be put in a similar position because that would be heartbreaking. That would be, that would be just absolutely heartbreaking. Uh, let's see. Misty Larry uh, is with us. I already said on Facebook, she's saying thank you. Uh, Stone Walker writes like the bee zombie. Uh Stone Walker has also says Shiva was so badass. Shiva Shiva was awesome. She was only uh, CGI, but man, they made her look real. Uh, then you have that deer CGI that they did, which did not look so great. And they could do such an amazing job in creating Shiva with the CGI. But when it came time to create just a little poor innocent deer that you know, kind of almost gets Rick killed when he falls off that Ferris wheel. Uh, I don't know, man. That deer just looked funky. It looked funky on the screen. That's all I can say. Uh, Vidorella on YouTube writes, if you don't like dog, you have a problem. We all love dog. Uh, Hambuko is giving a smiley love face. Um, Lucian writes, I miss Shane. Hey, there's rumors that we're going to get Shane flashbacks in the Rick Grimes movies. So we may be seeing John Bernthal again. And that has me jazzed up. I love John Bernthal. Uh, I remember, I've said this before, when Shane died in season two, uh, my initial thoughts were, how is this show going to go on? I wasn't used to uh, characters uh, through two full seasons of main characters dying. Yeah, we saw Dale die. Uh, but when Shane died, I'm like, holy shit, how is this show going to go on? But they did. They did. Uh, Sylvia Kennedy on Facebook writes, I'm just waiting for Sunday. I know it's going to be awesome, but it's going to be sad too because I'm sure somebody's going to get wrote out. I think at least three people are going to die on Sunday. <clears throat> Beta's a goner. There's no way Beta's going to make it through Sunday. I think Father Gabriel time is up, and I also I also think Ezekiel is also going to go. Those are my three that I think are definitely goners. Now, they've done it before. They could totally spin it, and someone we never expected to be killed gets killed. Uh, they've done it to us before. So, just be prepared for anything, and just remember that The Walking Dead through 10 seasons, has always managed to keep us on our toes and surprised. So if somebody you never expected bites the dust on Sunday, you know, that's, that's what's been happening for 10 years. So, but I think it's going to be Ezekiel, Gabriel, and of course, Beta. All right, moving on. The Walking Dead World Beyond, Alexa Mansoor, Nicholas Cantu on relating to teens in a post-apocalyptic world. The Walking Dead's expansive TV universe has a new spinoff in the form of World Beyond, 
which fans first heard about the series and its teen-centric story arc. All bets were on a post-apocalyptic show loaded with teen drama with very little ties to the original series and a minor connection with the comics. World Beyond, created by Matt Negrete and Scott Gimple, is in many ways a whole new world. Set 10 years after, quote-unquote, the sky fell, the series takes on the story of a new generation, one that grew up in a contained environment with the undead at bay over a fence. In many ways, the spinoff is a coming-of-age story. To know more about the ever-so-intriguing fresh perspective on a franchise that's held its own for 10 seasons and more to come and several spinoffs, I got in a little chat with the stars of the show, Alexa Mansoor and Nicholas Cantu. The actors play two of the characters from a diverse ensemble cast. And just a reminder, guys, on Tuesday, we are getting one of the stars of World Beyond as our guest right here on Dead Talk Live, Aaliyah Royale, who plays Iris Bennett, who, like I said yesterday, the story revolves around her going out with her friends to find her father who sends a distress signal, and her dad is the scientist who's working for the CRM. That's how the CRM is going to be tied into World Beyond. He's one of the guys trying to figure out a cure to the zombie virus, and he feels that his life is in danger, sends a message back to his daughter, Iris, who is going to be our guest here on Tuesday. Anyway, uh, to know more uh, about the ever-so-intriguing Fresh perspective on a franchise. I just read that. Uh, Alexa, uh, who's been on Madam Secretary, Bull, and SEAL Team, plays Hope, a rebellious teen who isn't averse to breaking rules. Much of the show's plot revolves around Hope and her sister Iris's journey into, well, the world beyond in response to a possible threat to the life of their father which I just said. While Nicholas Cantu uh, plays Elton, a delightfully funny guy who understands the magnanimous threats to survival and wants to meet them head-on anyways, the characters on The Walking Dead World Beyond are oddly relatable with our real-world experiences in 2020 that are, un- that are unprecedented, if not outwardly apocalyptic. I asked Alexa and Nicholas how they think their characters represent today's teens who are finding their identities amidst socio-political turmoil. Nicholas said, I think there's a little bit of truth in every piece of media, the real world. It ties it back in some way or another, and for our show, it's really, I guess, showing multiple teen perspectives. On the mainline Walking Dead show, I always turn to Carl as my favorite character because I related to him because he was one of the most uh, similar to me when I was watching the show. I was like... I really like that guy. I want to keep up with him. He's my favorite. So now, having multiple Carls for the younger generation who is enjoying this universe, it's like there's more to see yourself in. We've got many different interesting teen characters on our show, so there's going to be something for everybody to see themselves in, and see the reflection of the real world in our show. I think it's really cool. Alexa says, I definitely think that people who watch it are going to see a little piece of themselves in every character. You have Iris, who is the do-gooder, and also our guest on Tuesday. You have Hope, who's the broken rebel. You have Elton, who is so hopeful but so realistic about everything that's going on, and then Celias, 
who has this reputation of being such a bad person, but inside he's like a big teddy bear. I think people are going to be able to relate to that and just see that the kids get through it and get through whatever it is that they are going through, whether it's something huge or small. There's a lot of hope in the show. So there you guys have it from uh, Alexa Mansoor and Nicholas Cantu, two of the stars on The Walking Dead World Beyond. Let's see what you guys are talking about. Junior James has joined us. Welcome, Junior James. Um, Stone Walker says he's been making a Morgan stick. Wow. Singer Chick writes, still waiting to see how Jadis makes Rick believe uh, they are a couple. She'll drug him and he loses his memory. And maybe he comes around and she tells him he's a badass soldier of the CRM and her man. I, 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 you know, no. <laughs> uh, Stone Walker says Michonne will show up and bitch slap her. <laughs> Love that. Perfectly put. Michonne is going to show up and bitch slap her. Singer Chick writes, yes, then Michonne will show up and whoop, some jadis ass. Uh, Summer writes, my money's on Michonne, Stone Walker. All right. Uh... One last article, okay? Uh, this is the Norman Reedus, Daryl, addressing Andrew Lincoln's return for a final season. Um, Norman Reedus has revealed that he's tried to find out if Rick Grimes star Andrew Lincoln will appear in The Walking Dead's final season. The original leading man of the zombie hit Lincoln left his role two years ago in dramatic fashion and will now continue Rick's story via the movie spinoffs. However, Daryl Dixon star Norman Reedus hoped there's a chance his former co-star might get involved in the last episodes of the AMC show too. He recently told Radio Times and other press you know, I was teasing him the other day on the phone. I was like, you're coming back for this last season, right? He's like, uh, you know, he won't say anything. He won't commit, but it's very Andrew Lincoln to try to pull a fast one on me. So I don't know. I have no idea. I literally do not know. I wish I knew. I have a big mouth, so they probably wouldn't tell me. Could he? Would he? Should he? It would certainly be a big deal. So, no real news there. That's just Norman speculating. According to Andrew, to Andy Lincoln, his time on the Walking Dead TV show is done. We are going to be seeing Rick Grimes again in a trilogy of movies that are going to hopefully start filming soon and hit the big screen at some point in the future. Um, let's see. Um, Joe is with us. Uh, Sylvia is waving at us. Raymond is also with us on Instagram. Jess is with us as well. Uh, welcome to all you guys on Instagram. Thank you for joining us tonight. So let's go ahead. Summer, you wanted to call in before we started our Rishon topic. So, Summer, the phone lines are open. The number is right there. We are waiting just with bated breath to hear what you have to say about Rishon. And I, I, I refuse to start this topic, Summer, until you call in because, you know, you mess it. There we go. There she is. Hi, Summer. Hello, Viz. I've been waiting for you. Oh, I've been waiting to talk to you. All right. So let's have it. The, you've got the mic. Let us hear it. Okay. Well, hello, everyone out there in Dead Talk land. How's everybody doing tonight? Okay. So I just want to, okay. First of all, I just want to say that I'm very excited about tonight's show. I have not been feeling well for the few, last few days. And so... Um, this had just kind of made my day better. I have been just dreaming about this moment to talk about the very famous, awesome, most 
wonderful couple in TV land, and that is Rashawn. Of course. Okay, so I don't want to take up a lot of your time. I'm no, just no, 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 no. The mic is yours. Take as much time as you no, want. I want to hear this. No, I'm not going to do that because, you know what, I would take up the whole episode, and I, I just can't do that. So okay. I know, you know, we got some good points to go through because I definitely want to hear that con list that is non-existent, but... I do want to see. I got my notepad, so I got I got my pen. I got my wine glass filled with lovely water and ice. I got my Rashawn, my Michonne, and my Rick dolls, and I also have Daryl and Dog next to me just for um, just for some good. What vibes. about that hoodie okay. I sent you? Oh my goodness! You know what? Yes, and I watched it, and I got it, and I do not have it on. Oh. How did I forget that? All right, oh my goodness. we'll let that slide. You know what? No, I'm going to wear it. I'm going to wear it Saturday. Yes. Okay. Yes. 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 Okay. So I'm excited. So okay. let's let's get into this. Okay. So you know how everybody has like a favorite playlist. If these scenes could be a playlist, they would be mine. Okay. okay. So Summer's favorite was shown scenes. So, season three, episode six. Okay. I'm going to call it the meeting at the fence. Gotcha. Now, it's the look. So, this is when they first meet. And I'm going to tell you something. When they first look at each other, just the look, you know, they didn't had, they didn't got married. They didn't bought a house. They didn't had kids. They didn't bought cars. Just in that look. And they wasn't even... It wasn't even thinking about being in a relationship, but just that look. I want everybody to go back, and I want them to look at season three, episode six. And I just want them to watch that gaze that they have on one another. Okay, okay? can I, can I describe that gaze from my point of view? Please do. Please do. Okay. Michonne had a scared as shit look because she was surrounded by dead people. Okay. And Rick <laughs> is like... Who the hell is this holding baby food? That That's how I saw the look. Now, go on. Right. Okay. And you know what? And some people did see it that way. But you know what? I want you, after that you know that they're together and they're in game, I want you to go back and look at that and tell me if you don't see what I see. I'm trying to tell you it was there. And see, I did not start watching The Walking Dead. I It was by accident because... Um, I heard about the show, but I really wasn't interested. And so my husband, he was watching the show, and he was just telling me all about it and stuff, and I still wasn't interested. And I happened to go in the bedroom while he was watching it, and I sat down, and oh, my goodness, I was hooked. But that very first thing that I seen, it was of Michonne, and she was uh, in Woodbury. And so after that, I was hooked. And then when they actually met at that fence, I was like, oh, my goodness. So you knew, you knew three years, three seasons before they hooked up. You knew on that first look that they were going to hook up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You just knew it. It it was like electricity. It was was something between that gaze, the way she walked up to that fence and the way he squinted his eyes and he, he, he was just looking at her, not sure if she was dead or alive, but just knew that there was something there. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's oh, get yeah. to the second scene. Okay. The second scene. Okay, so this one is after the prison fail. So this is season four, the mid-season premiere. Gotcha. It's after the prison fail, and Michonne finds Rick and Carl. And mm-hmm. so then I describe this as reunited, and it feels so good. <laughs> Love it. Okay. See, she walks up the steps. And she has her hand on the forward handle, okay? And then she peeks inside, and it's almost like she looks up because she sees Carl and Rick. And she already had decided that she wanted to be close to somebody. Maybe not in a romantic way, but she missed that family aspect. And so when she sees them, it's like she is just almost thanking God that that he led her to where Rick and Carl was. And then when she knocks on the door and Rick looks out the door and then that grin he had on his face, he's all beat up and stuff. And he said, I was like, oh, please make it happen. Please make it happen. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so that's number two. Number three is I gotta that hear this. time 
that Rick <laughs> put. Okay, and you know what? I actually got four points instead of three. I want to hear all four. But number three is that time Rick puts the mint in her hand. Now, you might think I was going to say the kiss, and that is in season six, episode 10. But no, it's when he puts the mint in her hand. And you know what he said? He says he passed her hand, and he says, have your mint. And then their hands closed. Wait, 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 hold on. Isn't that right before they kissed on the couch instead of toothpaste that she asked for, he gave her mints? Yes. Her mints. yes. Well, yes. it's the same scene. It's when they kissed. You can't separate those two. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. I can. Because no, it was no you it can't. Was... It's the same scene. Oh, yes. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that's the moment that had me. That was more important to me than the kiss. Oh, the mints. That's what I'm yeah, the mint. It okay. wasn't even the kiss. It was, it was the mint. The fact that he was thinking about her through his day after chasing Jesus and getting all sweaty, and he's just with Daryl, and he's just trying to convince Daryl that, you know, he let's bring Jesus back and, you know, doing all that running and stuff. But the fact he still had Michonne on his mind. Mm-mm-mm. And he put the mint. We didn't even know he grabbed the mint until after he put him out of his pocket. He said, oh, wait. And put him out of his pocket. We didn't even know he did that. They, that was a sly one. Oh, Michonne, can I let you in on a guy's secret? Now, yes. this is a guy's secret, okay? Now, I, I'm a husband. You have a husband. And as a guy, I'm going to let you in on a big guy's secret. Like, if you do okay. something that your wife sort of like, oh, that is so sweet that you did that. And even though your intention uh -huh. was like, oh, damn. I didn't really do it for that reason. You play it off like you did because you get wife points. You get points. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I don't see. I saw the. I see the mints as Rick wanting some mints for himself, putting them in his pocket, and then they're sitting on the couch, and he's like, "Oh damn, I've got some mints." Okay, so, so you saying he? You think he got the mints for himself? But he had not opened the mint. Now, see, he had opened the the the, the uh, orange soda, the crush. Uh -huh. I think it was the pop's name. He had opened the crush and stuff in the van and or in the car when he's talking to a girl. If he wanted the mints for himself, man can't wait. He would have opened the mints up and popped it right in his mouth. No, there was no leftover mints. There was fresh mints that have not been opened yet because he knew the mints was only meant for Michonne. You, okay, you sold me. I'm, 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 right. yeah, you sold me. Absolutely. So, okay. So now my last scene, okay, is uh, season nine, episode five. And I like to call this bridge over troubled water. And this I like, a lot of people like to call it Rick's last episode. <laughs> right. Rick's last episode. Now I like to call it bridge over troubled water. And so we see in this episode where Rick is hurting, he is literally on his way to the upper room, and he hallucinates. And as he's hallucinating, here comes Daryl and Maggie and people from Oceanside, all these people coming to help him and to kill all the zombies. But it was only Michonne who stopped. And this is after they've been together, okay? But it was only Michonne that stopped to talk to him. And you know what she says? She says, you're not he real. He tells her that, yeah, yeah, he says you're not real, but he also tells her that she has to take care of everybody. And she said, you know what, we don't die. You remember her saying that to him? She oh, many says, times. We don't die. And she says, you want to know why I fell in love with you? Because you're a fighter and you never give up. So fight, Rick. Fight for me. Fight for all of us. And he says, you are my family. I found you. And he touches her arm. And I knew then. I was like, oh, my goodness. But then after he, we see that she, he says, this, you know, she's not real. And then she kisses him and tells him to wake up. And then we find out that she really wasn't real. And it was all a hallucination. And I was so upset and crying and snotting and everything because I was like, this man is about to die. And they're going to play us with this scene that was just so magical. Then, of course, you know, he didn't die. And now she's about to go find her man. And so I'm so excited. And I'm so excited for the rest of this show. I'm so excited to listen to the points. And I am going to listen to the cons. Like I said, I got my notebook. I'm Yvette Nicole Brown today. I got my, my little notebook. I'm going to write some notes. And if there is some cons, 
which I know there can't be, but if there is, I would take them into to consideration, and then we're going to uh, try to make those into some pros. Okay. I will try to do my best. We only got 15 minutes left, but I will try to do my best. Thank you. No, oh, my goodness. See, that's why I didn't want to call it. Okay. But uh, I just want to say you have a good night. Um, this show means so much to me. Thank you, Viz, for being, you know, who you are. And I just love the Dead Talk Live family, Dead Talk Now family, sorry. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to listen to the rest of the show. Okay. All right. I'll try to do All my right. best. All right. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. All right, bye. All right. right. So there you guys have it. You know, right when they met. Love at first sight. Michonne. Rick. Rishone. There was no whirlwind romance. No tragic ending because we all know that Rick is alive and so is Michonne. Rick has something with Michonne he never had with Lori nor Jesse. There is mutual trust, natural bond, open communication. If we look at the types of women that Rick would normally find an attraction to, Michonne does not fit into that mold of what we would have considered Rick's type. Lori, for example, the fact that Lori is very involved in the domestic jobs that the original survivors took part in, like such as doing laundry, cooking, and homeschooling Carl, suggests that prior to the apocalypse, Lori was very family-oriented. Anyhow, sometime after Lori died, Rick meets Jesse, who is married to Pete, at Alexandria, who displays similar frame of mind to Lori. She has two boys, She probably figured she would make a great mother figure to Carl. Perhaps these qualities are what takes him away from the bad things he has done and had to face during his time as a cop. Maybe Lori and Jesse resembled a balance and a calm family life as opposed to Michonne, who didn't strike Rick as someone who could share that with him when they first met. Now, according to Summer, that ain't true. It was love at first sight. But as Summer has mentioned, uh, if you watch the show carefully, there are breadcrumbs, the fence, the mints, that scene on the stairs, the hallucination. Uh, And she also mentioned uh, one of the breadcrumbs in a prior call, I believe it was, uh, it was the same thing, the one that was called 30 Days Without an Accident, that episode, uh, when she rides back to the prison after a supply run, and she had brought back an electric razor for Rick. That was one of uh, Summer's other points, so I guess that would be her point number five from the four that we heard, for, heard from her today. Anyway, in the same scene, she gave Carl a stack of comic books, there are, these are the type of gestures that, judging by Rick's reactions, he didn't expect from Michonne. And because of Michonne's exterior emotional wall, and she does, that is a con to Michonne. She does put up an exterior emotional brick wall and is very guarded as to who she lets in. Uh, He probably did not want to give it too much thought at that moment. Michonne's guarded nature early in the series was likely due to her not wanting to get close to anyone after losing her own son, which she blamed on her boyfriend, who she also lost when their camp was attacked by walkers. If you all remember, Michonne was angry because her boyfriend and his friends were too high on drugs at the time that the camp got attacked and her son ended up dying. Anyhow, Michonne started to lower those defensive walls during her interactions with Carl, which turn also brought her closer to Rick. Michonne represented a good mother figure to Carl, which made Rick really happy and also wanted to create a balanced life for Carl. She and Carl always, you know, were goofing around. She always made him forget a little bit of the cruel world they were living in. She made her way into Rick's heart 
and sealed the deal because she wanted the right person to give Carl some sense of childhood, and she became his best friend. Carl approved of Michonne's place in the group somewhere during season three when Michonne and him went searching for a crib for Judith. Carl said to to Rick, I think she might be one of us. The incident with Joe and the claimers is also worth mentioning. You could see how Michonne was worrying about Carl more than herself. The next day, Michonne held Carl tightly to her arms, showing us a side of her that we had yet to see. It showed us a mother's love and protective nature. This is also an interesting moment on their way to Terminus when Rick checks in on Michonne, asking her if she is okay, and he lets her know that he is okay too, but she says she already knew. After Terminus, when the group meets Aaron, it's Michonne who convinces Rick to take the risk and trust Aaron because she didn't feel he was a dangerous guy and Carl and Judith deserved a place to be to call home. Not many people can change Rick's mind, especially the longer the series goes on, but he did listen to Michonne and Rick trusted a Besides the people in his group, after Terminus, uh, Rick had no trust for anybody. Uh, he was ready to kill Aaron, no matter what Aaron was offering, and Aaron was offering the safety of Alexandria. Uh, you know, the thing is, Rick and Michonne challenge each other, but also respect and trust one another. It's a healthy balance. It's not until the sixth season when Rick and Michonne interlocked their fingers when they realized their feelings ran deeper than just friendship. In fact, the interlacing fingers was unintentional. This happens when they are relaxing on the couch together, sharing how their day went, which is already much like what a married couple would do. Rick pats the tube of mints that Michonne had in her hands, and it must have felt right Uh, to hold his hands, which leads to a lot more. Uh, And of course, they didn't even get a chance to decide when to tell the others because Jesus appeared while they were in bed sleeping. They both jump out of bed buck naked. We all know how that played out. Uh, Judging by how quickly they got over their reactions, even Carl, it goes to show that their relationship made so much sense that it wasn't at all surprising. It was only a matter of time. Then I guess I'm like the only one that this just really surprised. I did not see Rick and Michonne coming together. Primarily for the points I mentioned earlier, Rick's type before Michonne was like Lori, Jesse, and Michonne is this badass woman who can take care of herself does not need a man in her life to survive. But I guess, you know, at the end of the day, uh, they were right for each other. They were right for each other. Uh, they were living in the same house in Alexandria. They acted like married, like a married couple for years. They did have a lot of common ground, and Michonne's nature didn't make her a hindrance to Rick. She was very capable of taking care of herself, which also helped the couple surpass a lot of obstacles. Now, uh, unlike Rick's previous relationships, he and Michonne didn't slow each other down. On the contrary, they helped each other to continue to survive. Rick even says to Carl in relation to the relationship, this is different, to which Carl approves when he replies, it's cool. Michonne risked her life to save Rick numerous times, including saving his life when the governor was nearly seconds away from ending it. Then when Alexandria got invaded by the walkers, she had to kill Ron and help Rick get Carl to the infirmary because he was accidentally shot. Moments later, Rick went out taking out the walker herd, and that's when all the Alexandrians joined in. 
Rick believed they should uh, cooperate with the saviors and basically gave in. Uh, and this is what he tells his people. We give them what they want. We live in peace. I am not in charge anymore. Negan is. Now, I mentioned a con to Rishon that Summer is listening to right now. I believe all these points that I just made, they're accurate. They're true. Michonne, Rick, two very strong people. They do complement each other. But with those two together, the con that just really pops into my head is there was a, a sense of arrogance of uh, there is nothing that can stop us right before they met Negan, which led to Rick making that fateful decision to attack the Savior Outpost at Hilltop, to kill a group of people that he knew nothing about, uh, just taking Gregory's word, they're just people taking half-hour food, just not taking no reconnaissance, no back-checking, no really observing them to see how big of a group they are. He stepped in some shit. And it's not Michonne's fault. I do put more of the blame on Rick's shoulders. But what I'm saying is Rick and Michonne together, it sort of amplified Rick's arrogance at the time. They had survived Terminus. They had made it all the way to Washington, D.C. and Alexandria. They found a place that they can be safe in, in Alexandria. They, Alexandria fell. They got it back. They just had this bigger-than-life feeling. And Rick needed someone to check him. And when I say by checking him, he needed somebody who could say, you know what? You need to think about this. You need to think about this before moving forward. And that should have been Michonne's place when he made the decision to kill the saviors without knowing diddly squat about them. And she didn't check him. She didn't check him. She should have checked him. Uh, made him think twice about doing it. That did not happen. That is my con that I have with Rashon. Other than that, they were great with each other. Uh, but he need Rick is a type of personality that needs to be checked every now and again. His arrogance uh, gets the better of him. And uh, Negan brought him back to Earth. Negan broke Rick Grimes into a million little pieces that night that we lost uh, Glenn and Abraham. No doubt about it. Negan broke him in every which way possible. And uh, it's sad to say that by Rick making the decision to kill the saviors and the outpost, and the, that led to a series of events after he killed him, there was no going back. There was no stopping it. At that point, even though we didn't know who was going to die and it turned out to be Abraham and Glenn, somebody was going to pay the price from Negan. And it turned out to be Abraham and it turned out to be Glenn. And yeah, they died because of Rick's arrogance. And nobody checked them. Nobody said, hey, this is not a good idea. So anyway, guys, with that being said, we are out of time for tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. Reminder, this Saturday is our season one finale of Dead Talk Live. We are going to be doing something different for our season one finale. Uh, I am going to get uh, six of our team members up on the screen at the same time. Now, for our Instagram viewers, you will only be able to see two because of the limited screen real estate that Instagram gives me. Uh, but I'm going to be using, for the first time since I started Dead Talk Live, the entire screen. Uh, for Instagram, 
If you guys want to see the entire screen for this Saturday's episode, please flip on over to either YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter for that one night, and you could see all six of us on the screen. If not, you'll only get me and uh, the person who's going to be above me, and you won't see the other four team members. So that's going to happen this Saturday. It's going to be our season finale. Sunday is the season finale of The Walking Dead. And then we're back on Monday with the start of our season two, where we're going to break down The Walking Dead. So anyway, guys, I'm well past the hour mark. Thank you so much for joining me. Visit our website, deadtalklive.com. If you're on YouTube right now, please go ahead and click the thumbs up button on this broadcast. I'll be back on the air again tomorrow night. And until then, guys, stay safe and always stay walking.